When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The driver's seat. Good start from Stephen Johnson, a really good one. Johnson leads the race. Daniel Ricciardo gives Renault their first podium. Cam Waters is our 2020 pole sitter at Bathurst. The driver's seat. Oh, the defence, that's massive. That's massive. Yes! 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 The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Yes, welcome to another edition of the driver's seat. We are back in action. Uh, there was a, a thing that was happening for the past couple of weeks, guys. Uh, did you pay attention to it? it? Didn't have any motor racing, but well, yeah, it, was, it was a lot lockdown. of people were watching. It was lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Was lockdown? It's, uh, what I believe we call it, lockdown. Or uh, what we, we Victorians call a normal day. <laughs> um, but anyway. Hey, just quietly, what a perfect time for lockdown while the Olympics are on. I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> How good was that? Uh, so, and Australia did, I mean, let's be honest, geez, for our weight, for the size of our population, didn't we just smash it? Oh, we absolutely smashed imagine it. Imagine if you or I could throw our weight behind the Olympics. They'd double their medal tally again. Mate, if you and I could throw some weight behind the Olympics, there'd be some world records set, let me tell you. <laughs> Whatever we threw, there'd be a world record. So I'll tell you what, boys. Now, this is what would normally happen because we, we do our feature interview thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask Mechanic for Ryko Filters is the professional choice. And, you know, I always like to give a nice, big, booming intro to our guest because this guest, if anyone deserves a really, really good intro, it is our uh, guest for the show this, um, this evening. But um, unfortunately, I can't do that because Channel 7 own all the rights to the Olympics footage. <laughs> and, we, and we could get into a lot of trouble by playing it. So without further ado, please welcome our guest to the driver's seat. You might have seen him absolutely dominate in the BMX freestyle in Tokyo 2020. Welcome to the driver's seat, the one and only Logan Martin. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hey, Logan. So we, uh, we, we understand you are, you are still in, uh, in quarantine up in Darwin. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm just over halfway through. So. Well, just, uh, and, how, and how are you coping with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, not, not too bad. I mean, the days are super long, <clears throat> but when you, when you sort of look back, like it's already, it's already been over a week. Um, yeah, it's, it's gone, gone fairly quick, I suppose. So just getting through it day by day. I mean, it's got to be, it's Matt McKeldin, mate, and congratulations on your efforts, uh, on behalf of all of Australia. You did an incredible job, but it's got to be half a weird feeling to go from the highs of, and, and all the media and the highs of, of reaching the pinnacle of your sport and doing all that kind of stuff. And then one bedroom, one toilet room for the next two weeks, pal. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get. What yeah. a come down. Honestly, I know. Honestly, it's, it is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, obviously coming off such a high and then just literally sitting in a room by myself uh, for, for two weeks. So, 
It's definitely, um, yeah, definitely very unfortunate. Definitely a strange sort of concept. Um, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, like, it sort of, it felt real coming in here, um, you know, that I had won Olympic gold medal, and then after a week, it's sort of like, just doesn't, you know, it just, yeah. it, it, it almost feels like it hasn't sunk in again, I suppose. Um, but then when, when I get out of here, I'm, I'm sure it will. But yeah, it's just, it, it's very, very unfortunate that we have to come back to quarantine. And, and even worse, on the way home on Japan Airlines, you weren't even allowed to have a beer because who was it? Was the, was the footy team or the rowing team <laughs> killed that for you with their uh, their barrage of alcohol beverages on the way home? Yeah, well, I, I think I was actually on the on the on the flight before them, maybe. But I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't I didn't hear too much about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, I heard heard something went on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wasn't on the flight, so I'm all good. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a question. You know, we've, we've talked about, obviously, this is a motorsport show, but and, and to sort of give some context to this discussion, you know, you've got a really good connection with Stevie J. That's why we're privileged to have you on the well, show does, today. Well, he lives near is, me. <laughs> well, yeah, he lives near you, but there's a connection there. Um, we, You know, one thing we've noticed with our sport over the last 12 to 18 months is the incredible difference a crowd makes. You know, when you when we see some of the sport that's going on in America with the Indy cars now and the and some of the Formula One stuff, it just adds that real missing piece to the puzzle. How did you find that in Japan? Like an amazing result, obviously for you, but did it feel weird not having thousands and thousands of people going absolutely bunter in the grandstands at your at your efforts? Um, yeah, I mean, it, def- it definitely creates for a better vibe, more more atmosphere when when there's a pumping crowd. Um, I was over in France in, in at the start of June, where we also didn't have a crowd, and I, I won an event there. So it's not necessarily the crowd that um, you know makes me perform. I, I'm so focused in, and, and and the crowd is just outside noise. So going into going into Tokyo, I was aware there was not going to be a crowd, um, but I also knew that you know I've, I've performed in front of no crowds before as well. Um, it, it does definitely make for a better better atmosphere, but um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't. You know, it's not not really my focus when I'm actually zoned in. Hey, mate. So, obviously, they alluded to it a little bit on the on the telecast, uh, and we want to ask you. Obviously, the preparation for the games it was it was obviously a year longer than expected that you were going to be there. But um, you know, you spent let's say a fair bit of money between seventy five and eighty thousand dollars. We're hearing on your own skate park in your backyard. How much? And I, and I also know because luckily I know your coach, that you had a, another training facility indoors so that if it was raining, you could go there as well. So um, how much did that, just having those things at your disposal whenever you wanted, um, you know, it, was that was that the, the end result of, of what you've got now or, or is basically everybody in that competition got a very similar sort of setup that, that you were able to access? Um, no, so I purely built my, my skate park in, in the backyard um, because there was no training facilities in the area. Um, you know, there was an indoor skate park a few years ago that, that had closed down. Um, so I was, you know, I was just riding lo- local skate parks. And as we were closing into the Olympics, the like the progression of, of freestyle BMX was increasing significantly. So I knew if I, you know, if I wanted to keep up with that level uh, and make it to, to make it to the Olympics, I had to you know, train at a proper proper skate park, train at a proper facility, whether that was move overseas or, or build one, essentially. So I did that in, in the middle of 2019. I built the skate park, which initially was about $70,000. And then in the middle, 
in the middle of last year, so pretty much a year later after I built it, we we added we added some more ramps, which was an extra fifteen thousand. So I spent about eighty five thousand, uh, maybe ninety thousand, with a bit of maintenance here and there um, <laughs> on that on that skate park, and then yeah, also towards the end of last year, we 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 got an indoor skate park built for us, um, you know, which was only fifteen minutes from me. So if the weather was bad, then you know we we could go indoors and still train. Which uh, which worked which yeah worked out amazing. Um, we we also had a foam pit so I could you know practice and learn some new tricks in there as well. Um, and then about two months before the Olympics, we we actually got a replica skate park built um, on, on the Gold Coast so so I could practice in the lead up to Tokyo. So the so exact exactly the same as what you had there. Exactly the same as what was in yeah. Tokyo. Yeah, with with like small differences, you know, we 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 got to build the skate park only off based off uh, looking at some pictures. So um, you know, as close as close as close as we could get it, um, we we got it, and and yeah, it turned turned out pretty pretty bang on, pretty pretty similar. Hey Logan, I wanted to sort of delve in a little bit behind the eyeballs, so to speak. You know, again, when we talk about motor racing, we we get a lot of feedback on our on our show. We get a lot of feedback through direct messages on our socials, all that kind of stuff about who people have found motivating over the years from their motorsport mentors and people who they've looked up to. Not often we get people saying Stevie J, let's be honest, but you know, um, so uh, from your perspective as a sports person and perhaps in a sport that doesn't have a wide viewership, um, who are the sorts of people that you looked up to? Were they people in your sport or did they, were there people outside of your sport that you look to for motivation as you've been coming through the ranks? Uh, yeah, when, when I was younger, when I, when I was sort of growing, growing up, going through my teen years, I, um, you know, I just looked up to some guys within my sport and, uh, a main guy that I looked up to was Kyle Baldock and he, he was a couple of years older than me, also living on the Gold Coast. Um, but did, you know, did quite well on the, on the BMX scene as well. Um, you know, went, went overseas and was doing quite well at X Games and, and all the big events. So I actually became good mates with him and, and ha- sort of had him as a mentor, um, you know, as, as I was coming through the ranks and, um, yeah, had, had him to learn off. And, yeah, sort of sort of just looked up to the people within the sport. And then when, when I got to, you know, a decent level and I was doing well at events, then I was just focusing on just doing my best and, and, and becoming my best um, on the bike and, and off the bike as well. But um, just, just putting in work all, all around throughout my life, just where I think I could could progress um so yeah when, when i was growing up it was, it was just um guys within the sport for sure so when you get to the point where you're doing all of the tricks that the guys that you looked up to uh in your sport with ease how do you then go right i'm gonna take it to the next level and try you know a double flare like you've you've put up on your social media that sort of stuff how do you end up going right oh, i'm gonna uh push it a bit further and, and, and try to start executing something like that? Um, so you, over time, I guess you just, for, for me personally, I just learned to understand my own ability, what I was actually capable of, when I could actually start pushing some boundaries and, and you know, combining new tricks together. Because essentially that's all you're doing um, when you're learning a new trick, you're just adding a new combination together. Um, you know, there's sort of, there's sort of already, all the tricks have already been established, I suppose, and now it's just, adding different combinations together, spin like an extra rotation or an extra uh, tail whip or, you know, something some like that. So it's an extra combination. You just understand your own, your own ability. Um, and yeah, obviously, obviously it comes, comes with risk, but uh, 
you know, someone that's just starting out is not going to try, you know, my hardest trick on on their first day. Essentially, you, you do you do adapt over time, and you, you start to understand, um, you know, where you can push the boundaries. And what do you say to some of these wowsers out there that reckon that you know sports like yours and skateboarding shouldn't be part of the Olympics? Is that a question that you've had to address in the last couple of years during your training, or is that something you you pretty well ignore? Uh, I mean, I didn't really hear too much of it like throughout throughout the journey to the Olympics. I've definitely seen some comments like post Olympics saying that BMX isn't a sport or it shouldn't be there. And I mean, you know, they they have no I guess valid reason why they just they just don't yeah. understand what it is. I suppose. Um, but I mean, it's, it's it's you know it's just people sitting behind a keyboard. It's not it's not anything I take notice of. There's you know there's there's hate in any sport. There's hate. Everywhere in, in every every aspect of life, um, and it just you know you just sort of shrug it off and keep keep doing what you do. I suppose that's that's what I do anyway. Well, don't we know? It yeah, <laughs> we get it all. Well, that, a lot of that hate stems from jealousy to start with. You know, I yeah, think uh, personally. Yeah, no, I agree. And so, where to from here? Where to from now? What are we? Uh, what's the plan from here once you get out of out of lockdown in Darwin? Back to Queensland, celebrate with the family, and then um, what's the next step for you? Yeah, so so back back home after this, I'll probably um, you know take it take a little holiday just with my family somewhere somewhere in Australia, whether it be you know close to home or or, or a small flight or something. So I'll just just chill out with my family for a few days, um, and then pretty pretty much just back back to it. I, I enjoy you know I enjoy riding my bike. I enjoy working towards events, um, and then yeah, I mean. No, next next year there should be some more events. Uh, if there's if there's still hotel quarantine, I'll probably move overseas <laughs> because yeah. I you know, can't can't do too much more hotel quarantine. So if Australia doesn't you know change change things up, then I'll have to have to look at some other options. But um, yeah, def- definitely looking looking to travel more and um, and ride more events, get get back to X Games and and the World Series and World Championships next year. And then, uh, yeah, work, work towards Paris. Um, I do want to do want to get to Paris. I've still got a good few years left in me, I think. So, um, yeah, that that'll be the, the main goal is getting getting to Paris Olympics. Hey, mate, just quickly before we go, um, Maddie, you wouldn't be on top of all this. Where when when Logan was building his uh, ramps and and his little mini skate park in his backyard, yeah, well, the neighbourhood, well, some of the neighbours weren't that complimentary of it, and. Uh, I sort of got a bit of a lowdown on what was going on because of, of Wade, who is the, the Australian coach for BMX and freestyle BMX. And um, so that there was quite a, there was Facebook pages. There was people going to council. There was a whole lot trying to shut him down. Now that, now that you've got the gold medal, mate, um, are those people going to be invited over for the big bash when you're home with all the other neighbours? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they definitely didn't enjoy it at, at the start. Um, I think they just sort of jumped to conclusions. It was going to be like a big party house and, you know, there was going to be hundreds of people over every day and just, you know, making heaps of noise and stuff. So they weren't into it at the start. They did they did complain a lot. Um, they sort of mellowed out over, over the, you know, next few months. And, yeah, I mean, the, you know, I, I don't know. There's no hard feelings there. I, you know, I get it. They, they didn't want to see it. But, I, I, you know, I did it for my own my own benefit and, I mean, I, I bought the property, so I didn't didn't see why it was an issue. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if they want to if they want to come around and congratulate me, they they can do that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm look. And yeah. when you get home, I am looking forward to the uh, for the double flare with a pool finish because I have. Like, you don't realise Logan's pool's right next to his skate ramps, 
and I might have been driving past one day, and I definitely saw some sort of a pretty crazy trick landing straight into his pool. So <laughs> I want to see some more of them. Thanks, mate. They were cool. Yeah, I, I haven't jumped jumped from the skate park into the pool, but my mate definitely has. <laughs> if you get Stevie J over there and you feed him half a dozen sausages and and fifteen Jim Beams, no, he'll I'm, give it a crack. Yeah, just make Jim Beams. Just make sure your bike's got a sturdy <laughs> frame. You won't have much water in that I'll, pool I'll, up there. <laughs> Be like Shamu the whale re-entering. <laughs> oh, gee. First drive-by for the evening, folks. McKeldon gets one through. <laughs> hey, hey, no, honestly, seriously, well done. Um, thanks so much for taking time out to come on the show. And, uh, like, we're, we're just pumped to see you over there. First time, you know, Australian winning the freestyle BMX at the Olympics. I think can't be anything cooler than that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks heaps for having me on. And, yeah, I'm definitely stoked I could... Uh... Go, go and represent Australia at the Olympics and, and bring home a gold medal. So uh, I appreciate it all. Three more years, you can back it up again in Paris, mate. But uh, thanks for joining yeah. us on the driver's seat. Okay. Cheers. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Logan Martin there joining us on the driver's seat. How good was that, boys? So cool. So cool, baby. Yeah, you, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah I... something different for the show too. You know, not motorsport related, I guess, but it's just, it's it's an elite athlete in a sport and, and we love seeing that. So I think that... Uh, uh, I'm very proud of what all the Australians have done over at the Tokyo Olympics mm. this year. And, and, you know, I can't wait to see what happens in, it's only three years now. So I'm, oh, am I, I might be under 50 by then. I don't know. I'll have There's to, no I'll, way you're I'll under 50 in three yeah. years, mate. 100%. Oh, right. No, I, look, I think, and I use this term very, very loosely as athletes in a sport, I think we should all, we, we all stand in awe of other athletes when they achieve the way, the way they have and what they've done. And, to be in such difficult circumstances and, and in training. And then he came through and won. And we love that. Yeah, we hey, love Logan that. Martin was our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional choice. I really wish I could have played some highlights because they were really, really cool. But, uh, hey, look, we uh, we don't really have that big of a checkbook here at the driver's seat. <laughs> no. I know. It's, it's just... Not Channel 7 sized anyway. Yeah, no, not Channel 7 size. It is disappointing, isn't it? But I, I get it. But it is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. But, uh, hey, look... We've got a big, big show. We'd love if you be a part of it. Text in 0433981116 is our number. Back with more straight after this. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. I don't like to put too much hype on our guests, but I will because this is an interview that is three weeks in the making. Uh, and he is hyped, I'm hearing. He, he is, is hyped. <laughs> he's someone that I've been chasing down like a, like, like a, a, I don't know what, you, I'm basically like a, <laughs> I feel like a bloke that has just left a nightclub at four in the morning and is chasing down a Hungry Jack's burger right now. That's how oh, keen oh, I am to chat I to our no next. I have idea what that feels like. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bet you will. No, an angry, I, an I angry weapon in Lucky. <laughs> I always went at 3 a.m. Zivlaki when, you know, you roll out of shooters in Melbourne or... No. Shouldn't we be saying Big Macs, McDonald's? I don't know. Well, actually, you probably should. Oh, great, yes. great supporters of SEO McDonald's. Yes, yes, uh, McDonald's. Uh, brand new chicken <laughs> yeah. range is uh, fantastic. But look, let's go. get to our next guest because we got to give him his proper intro first. Bring the action. Good opportunity off the front row, and he is going to convert it. He's one quarter away. It's been a long time coming. It's in Will Brown is a winner in Dunlop Super 2. Nicely done. Bring the action. And here is your champion, Will Brown, for season 2019. And 
now he can officially celebrate the awarding of the champion trophy to Will Brown from HMO Customer Racing. That's right, he is the one and only from Erebus Motorsport. He's currently got the best petters livery you'll see on the side of a race car. Please welcome back to the driver's seat, Will Brown. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, <laughs> not a chore. <laughs> I was just listening to that intro and listening to the, obviously, when you became the TCR champion, William. And uh, I was just thinking, and I wrote it down here. Does it feel average when you win in TCA? You can't just dump the clutch and do a big smoky rear wheel burnout. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, I don't think anyone saw it, but I grabbed the handbrake at the end of Tail and Ben Straight uh, after, after I won the championship and put it in the gravel. <laughs> I've actually never told anyone. Never, no one ever knew about it. It was a good drift though until I hit the gravel. <laughs> That's so good. And, and mate, I've got to say, you're not. You're having a pretty good uh, 2021 as much racing as we've done because of all the junior burgers in the category, all the rookies for this year. Rookie, you are the <laughs> leading junior burger. <laughs> Thanks for that. P10. <laughs> mate, I am, I, am the, I am the biggest of the big max, mate. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, no. Thanks, guys. It's been a, a good start to the uh, to the year. It's been really good. So, uh, loving it so far. Mate, what's impressed me the most, to be honest, and, and I obviously I came past and and saw you at Townsville there after the second uh, the second weekend um, was if you'd had a bad day the day before for for whatever reason you guys were able to regroup and really nail it the next day. So if you've had, if you had a bad Saturday, you could come back on Sunday and have a cracking one, or vice versa. So it's it's been it's it, it's obviously good improving going that way. It's not good having a good Saturday and not good Sunday. But I mean that must be because that's hard to do. That's hard to just turn around the form overnight and come out with a better car, with a better attitude, with a better race strategy, and you know finish in the top four or five. I mean that's that's got to be pretty pleasing. Yeah, I'm always generally just one of those people. I don't let uh, yesterday ruin today. I guess that's something I live by. And I guess um, you know on the racetrack you've got to do that. But the team's done. A great job this year, my engineer, to turn the car around. So, um, you know, as as all you guys know in motorsport, uh, your luck can change pretty quickly, and uh, you can be, you know, right back up there. And especially being uh, rookies, you might have made a mistake on the Saturday in qualifying, just a little mistake, which puts you a bit further back. So it's been awesome for us to actually be able to, you know, turn around, like you say, some of those average results and come out the next day and really be up there. And one of the, one of the things I like about you, Will, going into next season, whenever that starts and wherever that starts, we're not entirely sure yet. Got to finish this season first. Um, I look at your career over the last couple of years. You've gone from in 2016 Formula Four champion. You've come up through the ranks uh, through Toyota Race 86 as well. You're in the in the TCR in 2019, 2020. You're in the Dunlop series. You're one of the guys, one of the few guys, particularly at the front there, that has driven a, a large array of cars. And now we're going into Gen 3. To me, you're the guy in the box seat here because you've had to adapt to so many vehicles over the last four to five years. And adapting to a new supercar, your ability and your practice at doing that, I reckon holds you in really good stead. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. As you say, I've always uh, driven anything I can get in. And I think later this year, I was hoping to do a bit more racing outside of supercars. But um, definitely, the more cars you drive, you're always maximising your car. And I... 
I think that uh, when Gen 3 does come along, you'll see people like, uh, you know, Shane Van Gisbergen who does an awesome job of driving anything he jumps in and uh, shows that he can be up the front in no matter what car it is. So I think for people like us and that that jump in a lot of different cars, it will probably benefit us, especially if uh, Gen 3 comes out mid-year. Yeah, and what about, obviously, with with that and, and Erebus, uh, you know, you you've, you actually made your debut driving for the team back in, in 2019 and you're Anton's uh, co-driver there uh, before teaming up with Davey Reynolds. So for the 2020 Bathurst, how much, I mean, how much has Betty and Barry um, had in your development and obviously pushed your development forward to get you into a supercar, you know, at such a, I guess, you, know, you say an early age, but you've driven so many things up until this point. It's actually yeah. nuts. Yeah, it was, I was quite lucky with uh, Erebus Motorsport and going down that path. I obviously got their co-drive with them in 2018. And, uh, uh, you know, it was the team I decided to drive for at that time. And uh, it was obviously a great decision. They've really believed in me, I guess, Barry and Betty. And, uh, you know, signing a main game deal a year before you drive in main game. Like, I, I, the, I signed this deal in the end of 2019. And now we're in 2021 and I'm driving. Yep. So, uh, you know, they put a lot of faith in me to... Uh, to know that my ability was there and that uh, they'd put me in Super 2 for, for one year and then uh, transition me up to main game. And what has Toowoomba's number one car salesman been doing while we haven't been, <laughs> while we haven't been uh, doing any racing? Like, we, we know that um, we, we spoke to Cam Waters just a couple of weeks ago and he was heading up to Darwin to do some sprint car racing. What have you been doing to keep sharp? You've been, you, we've seen you on your socials. You're up in the plane. But have you had anything in four wheels? Have you had a stab in anything to keep sharp? Uh, no, not currently. I've, uh, you know, had a few Toyota Yaris's out of the yard running around, getting fuel in them and that, so that, that might count. <laughs> but, uh, Did no, you trade in the smart car? Car salesman, that's about it, really, so far. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, not not really too much I, I can do right now. I, I really enjoy watching footage. I think that's the best, you know, some people like the simulator, some people like other things, but I watch a lot of footage. So, um, yeah, I keep up to date watching some footage and keeping fit, doing everything like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, that's about all you can do right now, really, in lockdown. When do you think, I mean, what's your opinion? When do you think we'll start? Uh, I have no idea, to be honest. I'll just drive when they tell me to drive, and, uh, and that's about my attitude towards it. Uh, but um, for, for me and Brody and people like that, I don't think it's as stressful for us because, you know, we're used to this in Super 2. You used to have two, three-month waits sometimes between between race meets, which is what you've seen, you know, the Super 2 guys have this year. So I don't think it's going to affect us as much. We're used to being out of the car and, and having breaks. So, um, you know, when, when we jump back in, I'm sure we'll be right up there. Hey, you were mentioning the simulator before, and we know the E Series is coming back. Are you uh, are you back in simulator training? Because we know just how much of a quality driver you were on the sim. <laughs> not that quality. You took me out every time, Steve. Big quality with well, you around me. Yeah, <laughs> only because if if I let you go half a lap, I wouldn't be able to catch you. So I figure I'd take you out early. Hey, <laughs> yeah, well, we've just we've... You out. at least you can restart. <laughs> We've had a text message come in from one of our great friends of the show, a guy called Dale Britton, who said he wants to know whether you remember uh, his Mustang GT that was blue, that had black seats with little blue stripes in it with the number plate One Lit GT, and you <laughs> said to him that it was the best Mustang you'd ever seen. Right. I wonder where I saw it. <laughs> it would have been in Melbourne no. somewhere. So you don't remember it. Sorry, Dale. No, he doesn't no, remember, <laughs> I remember it because I drove it to nice Winton, car. and it was sideways most of the way up the uh, up the freeway to Winton when I drove it. 
With you driving. <laughs> yeah, 700 horsepower or something. It's a monster. Oh, right. Yeah, there you go. So we're looking forward to the Did year. Did you have we're, the space savers on the back? The space savers? Yeah. A couple of McDonald's trays underneath there. That's what I was trying to do on the way out. Um, we would never have done anything like that. Never, never. Let's let's talk for the rest of the season. Obviously, we want to get it kicked off as soon as possible. We've now got lockdowns in Victoria, and we were due to kick off at Winton and Phillip Island and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, what what? Where do you think it's not where not where we're going to start? But do you think we're going to make Bathurst at the end of the year? Because that's even looking potentially a bit shaky at the moment. But um, how are you seeing from an internal discussions point of view how all this is going to play out? Yeah, um, for me, I'd be willing to quarantine to run Bathurst. Like, it's it's the one for the year that, uh, you know, it has to be run, I, I think. I think that, uh, you know, it's uh, we can't really not run that one um, from a driver, you know, team, supercars point of view. It, it has to go ahead. But, um, you know, we'd love we'd love crowds there. Obviously, last year, racing without crowds was, uh, was disappointing compared to the usual years when you do the driver parade and, and the lap round the track before the race and everything is, as you guys know, that's just amazing. So um, it was pretty disappointing all that side of it, but the race was still, you know, you know, there. But um, I'm not sure about Bathurst. It's, uh, you know, you guys know about as much as me with what's going on in Sydney. Who knows when when that'll clear up? And uh, yeah. I think that uh, when, you know, my personal opinion is when Queensland and and Victoria, which hopefully is soon, open up to each other, I'd be I'd be getting the race meets on the on the go straight away, so we don't leave it till too late in the year. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, mate. And, like, you're sitting 10th in the championship at the moment. But we often – and we often talk to a lot of the drivers in the championship, but I don't think we often talk about what your thoughts are as you look through the windscreen at the guys at the front there. I mean, SVG's had a a pretty ripping year. Who do you reckon is going to take it out this year? If not yourself, obviously. You're going to have to have a ripping second half of the year to come from 10th to 1st. But – who, who are you seeing as the real challenges at the at the front of the field there? Obviously, SVG, but anyone else can challenge you? Yeah, I'm optimistic, not that optimistic that I can <laughs> win it this year. He's realistic. <laughs> yeah, I'm realistic. I'm, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty ecstatic if uh, we finish inside the top 10. Um, you know, I think we can do it. We've had a DNF and uh, a very average car at Bathurst after a crash. That There was a lot of damage to that. But, um, yeah, I think Shane's just on top of his game. You see it with people like Scotty once they get get the rhythm going and uh you know like in tcr i used to roll up every weekend and know i was going to be first second or third um you know unless something went wrong and i think that's shane right now he's just got a lot of confidence but you know every weekend i roll up you know that the red bull cars are going to be quick the penske cars and then you've got generally waters and uh chas that are always you know the top uh the top six so anytime you get in the top six and start really beating those guys um you're doing a good job so it seems like you can you know, to get in that top 10 sometimes is, you know, you can do it, but then to really push into that top five makes it uh, makes it all that more difficult with those top teams and, uh, you know, those few that are really pushing in the championship. And what do you think Erebus has to do to get to that top five? Like, what is Erebus going to have to do to compete both from you as a driving point of view but as a team point of view to get up with the Red Bulls and the DJRs and the, the Tickfords and that sort of stuff? Where do you think you need to be? How, do you, how are you going to get <sighs> there? They might need to hire SVG. I don't think so. No, I think I think first year, like obviously, you know, I, I don't think that I'm maximising the car every single round in and out, um, and that's that's part of learning. I think we've done a a great job this year, and I think there's parts that, uh, from a consistency point of view, that the team can do better and that I can do better. And I think you'll see that as the year progresses on. You know, you can already see we're getting multiple top tens now, not just one a weekend or anything like that. Um, we're getting a lot more consistent, and I think we'll show that next year as well. So, um, 
yeah, it's just about consistency and just building on it. I'm, I'm doing a lot more driving. Like when you come out of five rounds of Super Two a year and, and come into 12 of this, we're just getting uh, better and better and more consistent. Hey, just FYI, mate, Penske's not here anymore. It's DJR now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in. Off. <laughs> are you missing TCR, mate? Are you missing, do you, do you miss the front wheel drive world or are you just and, so and focused on? And you never on... really got a chance to have the number one on the door too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. That was, a, that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but, yeah, I love TCR. I think, um, you know, just for going back to just, uh, you know, Oh, well, I wouldn't say casual racing, but it was more of, a, you know, go back, dad cleans the car, you do all that sort of stuff. It's it's a bit more casual. Um, so that was that was fantastic in 2019. Uh, and I'm hoping to have a run. You know, I'd love to have a run later in the year, um, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there. But TCR was definitely good for me in 2019 and uh, to do more racing than just supercars. So I really enjoyed that. Hey, just, just on that, you, you obviously, you're contracted to Erebus you, you've obviously won the TCR championship and you just alluded there that you might be able to come back for a, a bit of a cameo is that the good thing about Erebus that they all allow you to go and race some other things like that whereas you know honestly in, in other teams you probably wouldn't be allowed to do that yeah yeah Barry might look big bad and angry but uh, sometimes you can get to find a soft side and uh, <laughs> let him get you going for a drive in something else but they have been uh, good you know I've asked them uh, throughout the years and, you know, I guess I, I could race other things. But even this year, a few things have been cancelled due to COVID. But uh, they don't mind us racing other things as long as it's not, uh, doesn't conflict or uh, have any problems with our racing. So they're pretty casual there and uh, it definitely helps, I think. One last one before we let you go, Will. Um, let's just, I'm a very optimistic man, so I'm going to assume that we will get down to Bathurst and it should be a lot of fun. But uh, the Erebus Garage is going to be absolutely rocking. I mean, you got you and Jack Perkins... Bush is teaming up with David Russell, and then you've got Greg Murphy and Richie Stanaway uh, all in that garage. You must be pretty pumped uh, for the return of uh, Murph to your team. Yeah, yeah, it'll be pretty cool, obviously, to have uh, Murph there. It'll be awesome. Um, but, yeah, I like, you know, I guess Murph, I haven't done much racing with him, but being commentary there, uh, it's always fantastic to have him around. So I think he'll bring a bit to the team, and we'll definitely have... Uh, have a lot of fun along the way, and uh, our cars are always always great at Bathurst. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward after my crash at the start of the year. We were running awesome before that and, and still ran, you know, 12th uh, on Saturday and Sunday, I think it was. So I think this, I just want to get in that shootout and uh, have a good round. Well, we're definitely looking forward to it. Uh, but, uh, Will, we really appreciate you finally getting on this show. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And just for anyone in the Darling Downs region, if you are looking for a brand-new car or a used car, in, in fact, uh, make sure you head down to Cars Galore. It is the place to find used cars into them. We get in touch with uh, some of their friendly staff, including young William. And uh, you can see if he can hook you up. But uh, good on you, Will. We'll chat to you soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Young Will Brown joining us here. He's, well, he's, I reckon he's one of our top five guests here. Definitely oh, superstar. always around there. Yeah, yeah. Wilbur's a superstar. And, and um, yeah, I, I, lo I love how he's going. I love where he's going. I love his attitude. Um, you know, he's very serious, but he doesn't, doesn't come off like he's taking it too seriously. I think he takes the, the hits and the bad days as hard as anyone. But, you know, he's always light. He's airy. He's a good interview. He reminds me of Lounsey a little bit. Like, yep. always smiling, yep. you know. I mean, yeah, I've seen him cranky, but generally if the camera's nearby or there's fans nearby, yep. you won't see him angry, sort of like Craig was back in the day. I guess he was the whole his whole career in the end of the day. But um, 
And I've noticed that even since karting. I've known him, watched him through karting up at Toowoomba mm. when my young fella Jet was literally just starting and Will was sort of one of the gurus back then um, in the junior categories and he was just like that. He was full of energy, full of life, bouncing around the pits everywhere like he's just had a red cordial. If and he, If he can drive like he does and have his attitude, yep. partners and sponsors will love him and he'll have results that will just equal a really long career. If he can continue to build a team around him as well, as he matures into that team and into his drive and into his career, if he can link all three of those together, he will have a very, very long supercars career, Nimsy. 100%. And look, he, the way that he carries himself too, like like you said, Matty, he's just an absolute... Any team with that bloke in the, in the shed, you could see why Erebus locked him in a year early. Absolutely. Oh, and there would have been... Discussions up and down pit lane about how we get, how do we get Will Brown in the future? Where is there an opening within our program and our driver roster where we can get Will Brown? There's no doubt because if you look at his junior career, you know Formula Four champion, uh, Toyota eighty six champion, TCR champion, everything he's driven, and then Dunlop champion, everything or runner up, everything he drives, he's fast at and he's up the front. So there would have been teams up and down pit lane, and I dare say still are, Stevie J. I reckon his name will Let be bandied around around all of the top teams yep. to get him at some stage. Like if Will Davison retires at some stage in the next two to three years, I mean, uh, you know, a, a Will and Anton show there, Will Brown and Anton show at DJR would be pretty special. Yeah, and, you know, like I think initially at the start, you look at him and go, oh, is he serious enough? But... They know now he's done enough racing now to know that he can do the job in the car. Outside of the car, anyone can be polished up. So, yep. Yep. you know, and, and especially big teams like Triple Eight or DJR or Tickford or whoever, you know, they can mould somebody into really who they want them to be, especially off track. Well, we've got a, a big, big show, a lot to catch up on. We've got some of your texts that we need to get to as well. 0433981116 is the number. You're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Back with more right after this. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Right now, it is time for this. Actually, wait a minute. Let's get to some text first. <laughs> No, no, we've got to get to our we got to get to our fabulous audience because we haven't oh, had, yeah. we haven't had a word with them for a while. Got to say, got to say, overwhelmed with the response we had from our regular listeners. Not not listeners, not only from here, but actually got a, a couple of messages from over the ditch as well. Yes, which was really nice to see. Um, uh, but yeah, look, it's it's we had the Olympics, of course, and. Um, and then obviously we had a slight technical malfunction last week where the internet and everything decided to die in the uh, in, in the, the studio. Show. In so, the studio, yes. Uh, so we thank everyone for sticking with us and coming back as I go to the screen. Uh, welcome back, boys. Really missed you last week, though. Didn't even get the fresh podcast. And that is from our great mate, Tommy, in Toowoomba. Thanks, Tommy, mate. I know. It was very difficult last week. We, uh, we were all a little bit embarrassed and a little bit frustrated last week. So um, sorry about that, uh, mate. Uh, hey, fellas, Little Mac in Toowoomba. G'day, Little Mac. It's been a little while. Uh, so with the Rona looking pretty ordinary in New South Wales at the moment, it's not unreasonable for Bathurst to still be off, even if it's uh, redone in November or even if it's been delayed till November. What other venues could supercars race 1,000 kilometres here or in New Zealand? Uh, should it be skipped altogether or should it be postponed again? Oh, Stevie J, can we imagine a year without the Bathurst 1,000? Yeah, not really. 
No, you can't. I mean, Hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, maybe we should try and do a thousand Ks around the short track at Winton. There we go. There. <laughs> boy, oh boy, you'd, be, you'd get dizzy there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, could you? I mean, seriously, no frills if, when um, Bathurst one thousand. Yeah, yeah we've exactly. Got, we've kind of got camping. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be serious about this for a moment. If yeah, and we all know that the struggles of both Melbourne, who's in lockdown again, and guys, we're so sorry about that. And New South Wales, obviously tied down very heavily as well. If these situations don't come good, Stevie J, um, could we see and say South Australia? stays pretty good. Remembering that supercars can travel in a bubble, essentially. Could we see, if Bathurst is either delayed and then canned, could we see Taylor Bend host a thousand Ks? Queensland Raceway, like the old days with the QR500? Oh, in my opinion, no, I don't think so. Yep. Because what I fear, and I'm not sure if you read it today, Matty, or not, but um, obviously the South Australian government is I guess all the governments are fairly ruthless at the moment, but the South Australian government's particularly ruthless Red yep. with regarding, obviously, interstate travel and, and, and obviously the bubble and, and everything else. So to have a, you know, I guess a, a sport like supercars head, all head into there to do, you know, a week-long festivity with regarding, you know, racing and practice and qualifying and 1,000-kilometer yep. race, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, look at the... A couple of the planes uh, from Tokyo that have hence landed there with Australian uh, athletes on board. Yep. Uh, it was noted in the media that that they're making them do double quarantine, so they're making them do twenty eight days of oh quarantine. Oh goodness me! Just to, give you an, just to give you an idea to just how uh, strict they are in South Australia too. So the AFL teams that fly, if you're not an Adelaide based AFL team, you actually. Uh, can only be there. So you fly in, you go straight to the ground, they put you in like one of those big circus tent sort of things, keep you there until the game plays, then you play the game, then you're back into the tent and back on the first plane back. Sure. And that's with, you know, X amount of footy stuff and stuff like that. And imagine that with cars, the transporters, things like that. Yeah, oh, look, Nimsy at heart, the, the only place that you could really do it, I feel, would be to be Taylor and Ben, just to answer uh, Little Mac's question, because you've got a hotel there, and then you've got right beside the track there, you've got a full caravan park that's got cabins and all that kind of stuff. So logistically, you could put it all together. Wouldn't have crowds, I get it, but you could logistically put it all together. It'd be very hard to do that anywhere else. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see because not only is Bathurst now being threatened with the COVID-19 situation, but there's also a, a pretty nasty stoush, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later, brewing between the Bathurst City Council, mm. Challenge Bathurst, the Bathurst 1000. Supercars. Supercars. It's all a very bloody-minded little fight going on mm. there at the moment, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and, Michael, uh, evening, guys. We did see the drama on the weekend at the MotoGP. Well done, Valentino Rossi, who's going to retire from the sport, and he's been an absolute uh, champion all over his career. Mate, he has been, Michael, you are spot on. He is once in a generation, I reckon, an unbelievable seven-time world champion in various classes. Uh, 42 years of age, I think, Stevie J. Seven or nine? Is it nine? I, I don't know. Seven or nine. nine, either way. Um, I think it's nine. nine 40, world 42 years of age. Uh, what an unbelievable sportsman. Unbelievable athlete. And I, I love the all the keyboard warriors coming along saying, oh, you know, he's just been filling up the grid since whenever his last race win was, which was quite a few years ago, I admit. But in the end, 
are we all still speaking about him? Do we all still hold him in just as high regard? Does everybody still respect him just as much, even though he's not winning? Absolutely, because he has been phenomenal for that sport, hence the reason why his nickname's The Doctor. You know, you know the only thing I miss about Rossi not being up the front anymore? The celebrations. The celebrations, but he also doesn't get interviewed much anymore. And I just miss the, uh, how was the race, Valentino? Uh, the bike, uh, very good. Uh, <laughs> ten championships. Uh, off for summer break. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe he's taken a leaf out of Dick Johnson's book in a way after all these years and not wanting to get interviewed. Yeah, maybe. Dick Johnson's interview is different. Say, hey, Dick, how you going? Yeah, good, mate. What do you want? <laughs> uh, nothing. All right, mate. See ya. Unless he's on the driver's seat at, <laughs> yeah. at 8 o'clock on a uh, Wednesday night, where usually he's about 15 bourbons deep and chewing on <laughs> a very chicken. Chatty. And chewing on a chicken parmigiana served up by Jilly. And oh, Jilly yeah. in the background's yelling at him. Yeah. Jeez, Louise, yeah. just going cold, Dick. I think last time we spoke to him, he was watching Big Brother or something, wasn't he? I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Dick's on the drive seat, you could talk a leg of a chair. I'll give you that one. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, keep your text coming in 0433981116. Right now, though, we've got to do this. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes. Now let's talk about the new calendar because it has been revealed for the 2021 Repco Supercast Championship. Uh, as always, everything's written in pencil. Might as well be written in crayon with all the yes. things going around the, around the country at the moment. But uh, look, it, so the Bathurst 1000 obviously will be held, hopefully, fingers and toes and everything crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, November 4th till 7th. Now the season will resume at the Winton Motor Raceway across October 2nd and 3rd. It'll finish with the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500 on Surface Paradise. Not, is that that's not going to be a night race, is it? That'll just be no, no, yeah. no, not, not this year. There's not enough funding to be doing a night race. Right, fair um, call that one. It's oh. going to be sensational though, because it's in the wet season here on the Gold Coast at yep. that time of year. Oh, geez, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, now, yep. this this seems fairly uh, optimistic. Like I said, I'm, I'm a very optimistic sort of bloke. So uh, the Bay Repair Sydney Super not, uh, Super Sprint will be the second last round across November 19th to 21st. Uh, a return to Phillip Island October 23rd to 24th, uh, and of course. Bathurst, SMP, and the Gold Coast Rounds will be live on the Seven Network. Dunlop Super Two will feature at Winton, Bathurst, and the Gold Coast. So, uh, what do we think of that provisional calendar, boys? I think it's a. We sort of alluded to a bit of that. I think a few. Well, it feels like a few months ago now because we've been. Yeah, it off, does, doesn't it? <laughs> off for a little bit, but um, I, I think we. A couple of them are, are our pick, and we'd have to delve back in the archives, Nimsy, of you know half mm. a dozen shows back. But I, we did speak about that when Winton could be. At that point, we didn't know that um, the MotoGP wasn't going to be coming, so that's obviously a filler. weekend mm. has been a filler for supercars, which is great. Uh, I don't know that they could have done much better than that, to be honest, and, and fingers crossed that we can get all that in. There is, there's enough of a gap, too, that let's just say you did like things go a bit pear-shaped in uh in sydney and uh hopefully it, it trends downwards and trust me from a bloke that's lived in melbourne in a fair chunk of uh the time looking at my house uh, the four walls of my house i know how hard <laughs> it is to do a lockdown so hopefully they can get that sorted but um there is i love how supercars have actually given a bit of a leeway so if they did have to do a double header here or there they could do it yeah yeah they, mate they're trying they're, they're trying they're, they're... The biggest issue I see with all of this is that it's a moving feast. And unfortunately, events like this, unlike AFL, where you can pretty well, during an AFL season, it's plug and play. Bring the, you've got the officials, bring the teams in, 
put them in a hub. See you later. Well, we just saw um, last week when Queensland shut down for that weekend. Like literally, that was just all right. Turn the plane around, come back to Melbourne. Go to the that's G. exactly right. And I think the, the Tasmania round's going to go ahead this weekend and all that kind of stuff. It's a little different with us. You know, we can't just jump on a plane. You can't put the cars in a plane. It takes a lot of planning. And the last thing that we can all do at the moment is plan. Yeah. Like, none of us can plan. You know, Steve, Jay, and I were supposed to be racing in Melbourne in September. I, I can tell you now there is no way that that is going to happen. Oh, stop being a pessimist, nah, Matthew. Oh, it's called being a realist. It's, you and John Bauer. It's been Seriously. a realist. <laughs> John Bauer, the legend. Oh, geez, I'll tell you what, having my name mentioned the same as John Bowles. Yeah, and John Bowles, the yeah, pessimist. Even though See, we're John being was, depressive. John was always the pessimist and Dad was always the optimist in their in their relationship. So yeah, right am on. I well, the optimist here? You can be the optimist. I'll be the realist. I don't think we're going to get to be racing at at uh, uh, in Melbourne and or New South Wales anytime soon. Could we get them up to the to QR? I hope maybe we've got see the, the biggest issue and I was having then this. They're not allowed in here from New South Wales either. So Well, the, but the only hub. Really, the only team that would need to come up here is Brad Jones Racing, and they're on the border bubble. Correct. So it would need still maybe special dispensation from the Queensland government to get them up here. We'd have to check that out. But I was talking to Steve Owen during the week, and he made some really good points, actually. Um, he said that supercars have got to put a championship together, or they don't get paid. And these teams need to get paid to survive, TV money and other bits and pieces. So they're going to have to put a championship together. Now, one of the things that we've spoken about, Nimsy and Steve, from a TCM, TCR point of view, is that um, if, and I believe it's going to happen in the next 24, 48 hours, Sandown will be canned, our round of, at Sandown in mid-September. This is from, a, this is from a, a, a TCM, TCR, Trans Am point of view. They're talking about doing a double header at Taylor Bend in mid-October. Now, the way that will work will be a Friday and a Saturday will be round one. Sunday and Monday will be round two. And we may see that at supercars again, maybe getting over to Adelaide or something like that, where you can do one round Friday, Saturday on the one circuit and then Sunday, Monday, do another round back to back just to condense it to be able to get these championship races in the can to build a championship. Now, one other thing that is in supercars advantage is it's only Melbourne that's in the lockdown. Regional Victoria is still relatively open and thankfully Winton uh, could have a doublehead. I mean, your basement down there. I think the main issue, I think the main issue is, and uh, David Reynolds and Andre Heimgartner spoke about this on the latest Below the Bonnet, is supercars doesn't want to put another, well, they don't want to put the Victorian teams on the road again. I think basically every Victorian team has said, no, nah, we've already done that. Thank you. Yeah, don't worry about it. Of course. Uh, so this is the, the the thing that they can do. And no one wants to do that too. You don't want to put, put that, uh, you don't want to impose the that onto the Queensland teams as well. Because... Yeah, I hear you, Nimsy, but how do you get the Melbourne teams to Winton? How do you get from Metro Melbourne, which is lock in lockdown, to, to regional? Well, I know did, regional's open, but how do you do it? Well, they did the same thing last time where they you go via the Cape, you completely skip New South Wales. You go via uh, Northern Territory, come down through South Australia, and then go through um, all around because Winton's up, up the far north of, yeah. uh, of uh, Victoria. So if you say, hypothetically speaking, came in through South Australia, go up towards like Mildura Way and then work your way uh, left or right. My bearings is awful. But... It's going to be it's going to be a hell of a journey. It'd be like bloody Moses. But you're still leaving Victoria. You're still leaving Melbourne Metro. That's what I, that's what I'm saying to you, Nimsy. Is how do you leave when Melbourne's in lockdown, and you've got WAU and Tickford and all that kind of stuff? How do you do? They get can they get a dispensation? Do you reckon to leave Metro Melbourne to however they go around the place? I don't know whether they can. And these are these are rhetorical questions because we don't know the answers to them. But 
overarchingly, Nimsy, it's a it's a bloody difficult thing to do with our sport. As I said, we're not AFL, we're not NRL. We we we're in different states. We can't just chuck the cars on a plane. This is road trip stuff. This is very 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 complicated. So, look, I I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, Tommy, our mate in Toowoomba's text and he said if the renewed calendar it, it, with the renewed calendar if COVID keeps going, take them all up to Darwin, quarantine in Darwin, then do a double header in Hidden Valley, go across to Perth, do a night race in Perth, and then a one thousand k race at Tail and Bend. And then a second race at Tail and Bend to finish off the season. So you're right, Tommy. It's not going to happen. Um, but could you imagine the uproar with <laughs> from the traditionalists? And you know what? I get it, Tommy. That's a great idea. There's no hope we're going to Perth. If there's any state that loves a lockdown or loves to cut off half of Australia, it's Western Australia. There is an iron curtain right now between the east and the west. So uh, that ain't going to happen. So I, I genuinely, I genuinely, boys, I'll have to be, I'll have to be the John Bow of this duo, Stevie J. I just can't see how we're going to get it done. I can't wait to be surprised. I'm sure we will get it done. Well, we have to get it done. We have to get it done. But there are smarter people than I that are going to be working on it because mm. I, the when you ask the question, the the it 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 purely and simply breeds more questions than answers. Because you say, well, let's do this. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do this? And there's no answers there, which is why we're still not racing. If we could be racing, we'd be racing. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. But, you know, are you talking about supercars? Are you talking about us? Are you talking about ARG? I'm talking about any racing. Yeah, well, the, the only option is for the the only solely professional category, which is supercars, to be able to make make it happen and get it done. Uh, any other categories, it's going to be extremely difficult because we're not wholly and solely professional-based. No. Uh, we are made up of professionals, gentlemen drivers, career people that have got their own businesses. They can't just leave all that to go and do a fun race that they try to do through the year. So yep. that's 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 the difference between supercars and every other category in the country. Hey, Nimsy, Michael's text in. He said, me and Stevie J, we can, uh, we can have a hub at your place. We'll just quarantine at your place, Nimsy. What do you reckon? Near the train line and very close to Sandown, so... Well, hey, does make there sense. Well, one of the best tracks in the country. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, hey, look, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, send us in a text, 0433981116. Uh, that was our Bendix Brakes big moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all weather confident braking. Sean Seamer and the blokes making these supercars uh, calendar right now might have a bit of this happening right now. Why, why, why me? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to put the you no know, cash up then. <laughs> but uh, here's the driver's seat. We'll plenty to get through here on the program. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. They've been doing it for over 40 years. Just a quick little text here from Wilco in, is it Maroon, Maroon, Queensland? Or is that Maroon? Maroon. Maroon. Oh, there you go. G'day, Wilco. Uh, Wilco says, G'day, guys. First time listening live. I'm normally a podcast listener. Wish you could say this is the first time text. Uh, I wish I could say this is the first time I text in. Great show. Thanks for joining us, Wilco. Wicked. Legend. Thanks, Wilco. Welcome, Wilco. We always Thank you it. for plugging in the earballs and having a listen live. <laughs> really appreciate that. Now, because uh, it has been a while since we've done this, let's get a quick update off the power rankings. This is the Driver's Seat Power Rankings. 
Now, very clearly in the supercars rankings, it is SVG on top, 23 votes. Um, basically, it's our Dally M slash Brownlow medal. Matt and Steve give a 3-2-1 vote. But uh, yeah, SVG sits on top of the supercars rankings with 23 votes. Will Davo second in 13 votes, nine votes for Anton Di Pasquale, eight votes for Chaz Mostert, six votes to Cameron Waters, Tim Slade, Zane Goddard, four votes to Brody Kostecki, three votes to Mark Winterbottom, one vote to Jamie Wincup, Andre Heimgardner, Scotty Pye, Jake Kostecki, Jack Smith, and Thomas Randall. And in the TCR Australia ranking, six votes to Chazzy Mozzie and Josh Buchan, three votes to Jordan Cox, two votes to Michael Caruso, and one vote to James Moffin. James Moffin, Jesus Christ. James uh, Moffin. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds delicious, doesn't he? I love James Moffin. <laughs> Chop uh, Chip Moffin. James, Crazy Frog. James Moffat and Dylan O'Keefe with one vote there. Here's a fun one for you. Like, look at the, uh, towards the top end of the supercars votes. It's basically a DJR one, two, um, one, two chomping at the bit, getting towards SVG. Will Davo's got to be due for a win soon. Yeah, he's oh, close. Hey, he's so close. He was so close. Yeah, he'll get there. I, and I think he'll get there. I just Stevie. think he needs a bit more mongrel in him in the race. Do you? Just a little bit. Yeah, he's. I think he's a bit, bit more rubbing. A bit more rubbing. A bit more elbows out when someone's behind him. I, mean, I get there's a time and a place where you need to get the elbows out and hold them, or you're flogging a dead horse. You may as well just not sit and stay. You know, if you do that, you're possibly going to lose more spots. You know, yeah. I, I get it. You know, I've been there and done it, but. I just love to see him just fight a bit harder. Maybe the time hasn't come yet for for that to to happen. So, uh, and I'm just looking at the looking at the list there, Nimsy, when you were call, calling it out, that mm. I think one bloke we're, we're probably being a bit harsh on for the year. He's P two in the championship. It's Jamie Winkup. Yes, he's sitting down there with Andre Heimgartner, Scotty Pye, Jake Gostecki, Jack Smith, and Tommy Randall, who's done <laughs> not many. Second. Yeah, <laughs> and he's second in the championship. I think maybe. Maybe I might give Jamie three points next time they race, just to get him up the leaderboard a little bit. <laughs> I reckon, though, it's it's just it's to show how highly we regard Jada because we're not just like if he because like if, like oh geez he finished P three come on Jamie lift your game yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah but we also don't don't about. forget don't forget lads that we apply points to not necessarily one two and three in the weekend we yes. re- we apply points to Effort. people who have had standout events standout qualifying. Held people off like that's that's why Jake mm. Kostecki's Jake got Kostecki. some love. Uh, that's why uh, Brody's had some love. Zane Goddard, Scotty Pine, he's on six points. Well, Jack Smith had that cracking weekend at Simmons Plains. Yeah, so. Totally. So you know, it's not just about you know the performance yeah. on the weekend. Yeah, well, I tell you, I tell you what, Nimsy, I can't wait to go race back racing again with TCR because you know we, it's been a long time and and I want to see that battle rage again between um, Luke King and Chazzy Mozzie and. I want to see Joshy Bucken come good again, see if Jordan Cox can rebuild his championship after a troubled start. You know, Michael Caruso, such a talent, such a personality. I want to see him go well again. So I want all these guys to come back because I just think, you know, particularly with TCR, we are right in a in a critical point for that championship. It was building beautifully. It always seems when they get some momentum, old mate Rona decides, no, nah, no, nah, not today, yeah. guys. <laughs> Whack. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> Yep. Um, uh, just quickly, Tommy and Toowoomba, did you see James Moffat's new TA2 car? Now, that's one good-looking car. It, it is a good-looking rig. It was that? actually meant to debut up here at uh, Morgan Park, ah. which obviously didn't get uh, didn't get yep. past the old uh, world environmental dramas at the moment. <laughs> I, so, might, um, I might try and see if I can put a photo of that on our uh, Facebook. Yeah, it is very cool. cool. It was meant take to off, be his, off his dad's... Uh, Camaro. 
Yeah, but what year? Uh, his dad's uh, Mustang. Mustang. Coca-Cola Mustang. Was it 69 or 68? I can't. Oh, I'm bad with those sort of numbers. That's way before my time. Uh, we'll get, uh, we'll no, get, it wasn't. It wasn't it, mate, I'm a, mate, I'm in the, I'm mid-70s, bro. You're 73, aren't you? Or 74? You're 70, mid-70s. 74. That's mid-70s. 70, Nemzy is 74, mid-70s. mid-70s. 74, 5, and 6 is mid. Yeah, no, yeah. 1, 2, and 3 is early. Oh, I'm yeah. early. Yeah. <laughs> 1, 2, 3 is early because I've been, I've unfortunately had to put, I'll have to put in the census, late 30s for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or very, very, very early 40s. <laughs> but um, that is the driver's seat. Um, we'll take a quick break. Back with more right after this. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Australia. Uh, Pete and Cranburn's texted in. Hello, guys. Great to have you back. Curious to know, what future models would you like to see racing in TCM? Marcus, oh, jeez, I'm going to struggle with that one. Um, do Marcus re- Sikanovic. Thank you. Uh, he's up is that coming. Marcus Sikanovic, is it? Uh, no. No. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no it's not. Now, his upcoming Fox Body Mustang looks like it'll be sweet, says Pete from Cranbourne. Pete from Cranbourne. Oh, look, Pete, I agree. I love a Fox Body Mustang, so... Um, I can't wait to see. And, and Marcus is a great guy. Uh, the Zucanovics are a big racing family. So I've been for a lot of years. Long time. Hmm. So old Mick used to race against Marcus and Mick in the V8 Ute days. But, uh, Did you? Yes. But, uh, thanks for texting in, Pete. It is great to be back. Yeah. And uh, thanks for jumping on board with us. Right now, though, let's get straight to our Race Rewind. This is the Driver's Seat Race Rewind. We do it thanks to Gates Australia. Don't compromise. Choose Gates Premium Belts, Hose and Hydraulics. Talking about uh, Barbagallo, which misses out on yet another round. Um, it's 2019, I think, the last time we went there for the Perth Super Night. I thought I'd go back to one of the most infamous races ever at uh, When you said Barbagallo, mm. I thought you were going to say barbecue. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> I was reading the I was reading the line and I'm thinking that oh okay that one yeah and then as you were saying barbagello for whatever reason I thought you were gonna say barbecue. Well there's probably a good reason for that. Let's consult the footage. Wright gets a good initial bite. Alex Davidson makes a stormer, slots to the inside, that's massive. Oh, oh that's on massive. the grid. He was stalled on the grid. And it's been hit from behind. That's uh and Carl Carl's Weidler. moving, trying to get out of this car quickly. He's out of the car. That's good to see because that has taken a massive hit from behind. The race is red flagged. Now, I noticed in the footage, too, that there was a number 17 Jim Beam Falcon that very quickly got out of there. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually, it was weird because, obviously, when uh, Stevie Owen come through but was blindsided by the cars in front, Carl Reinl was sitting there. Uh, in his Commodore stationary. And I think he qualified quite well. So he was sort of a fair way up middle middle part of the pack. And um, by the time I got the race started, got through turn one in Perth, if you haven't seen it, in Barbagello, it sort of comes back on itself. Yeah. So as you're climbing back up the hill before you turn left and sort of disappear over the top, um, you can see all that last corner front straight where you start the starting grid. And I literally saw this huge fireball. Yep. Still going on the straight, and I'm thinking, well, that's uh, that's not good. This is going to be stopped, and and obviously we heard from the footage it was. So thank I, God that both of those guys got out uh, unscathed, relatively unscathed. Carl had a few little marks, I think, burn well, marks. He had serious, yeah, hands. on his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Stevie Owen was very, very lucky. Like it was, oh, he hit him at 100. It was. I've seen the footage. It was like 150. 140. K. 
kilometres yep. an hour. So stationary hip. Yep. Yeah, it was big. And that's that was in many ways what kicked off the car of the future with the fuel tank being moved forward in Gen 2. The yeah, fuel tank being moved, being moved closer forward. to the driver. <laughs> closer, closer to the driver. But <laughs> I hear what you say, but away from away from that rear collision. Because yeah, that was what was rupturing fuel cells yep. as it being in the rear of the car. So they moved it more inboard yep. to save it from being whacked in the back. I mean, I, It's I re- actually fully under the car now, whereas that go. one there was sort of semi, it was in the boot. Yeah, that's and right. And then you've got a little firewall, little tin... Literally ten nothing piece. that day. But yeah, it's not going to do anything when you when you get hit at one hundred and forty k's an hour. I mean, like Nimsy, I can't I can't tell you how ferocious that fire was. I mean, Steve was up the road and and halfway around the corner. Um, you weren't there. I was in a truck, probably about fifty to sixty meters away, just in the back of a transporter, and we were we were watching it on television inside the transporter, and the actual bang shook the windows and almost popped the windows in the transporter. It was such a massive, we we couldn't feel the heat, but it was, you could hear it. And that's not an easy thing to hear when you've got, you know, 24 supercars roaring down the straight. So it was Mm. a, it was a monster hit. And and I've done a lot of uh, driver training with Carl. He's a, he's a great mate of mine. Love him dearly. Um, uh, It was, it took a long time for him to come good with that because that was, a monster burn. He got uh, he got yep. fuel inside the gloves and and uh, no, he's he, he got the heat inside. The, the, what burnt his hands was the heat on the outside of the glove. There was so much heat that it the sweat and the moisture um, condensed basically and steamed inside his glove. So he was trying to get the gloves off because there was sweat and heat and all that kind of stuff, and it it just burnt his hands to an absolute cinder. Still has the mm. scars to this day. Um, and a nicer bloke you'll never meet. Carl Reindler, Carlos, is just a ripping guy, a great family man, love him dearly. And we were very lucky that day as a sport and as a category, yep. as an industry. We were very, very, very lucky that day. Yeah, I think that basically, well, you just heard it there in that little grab. I mean, that just sounded awful and the footage was. is even even worse. But uh, look, that was our race rewind. That was the V8 sleuth commentating it too. Was, it was Aaron Noonan. Yes, Aaron yeah. Noonan. Oh, good I'd, friend of the uh, good friend of the driver's seat show. He certainly Absolutely. is. He's given us a couple yeah. of shout-outs in the past, too, as well. So uh, thanks for that, Noons. Uh, yeah. Make sure you do head to the V8 Sleuth Bookshop, a great way to get a gift for Father's Day. And the podcast. And the podcast. Have a listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good podcast there, there too. <laughs> but uh, look, that was our race rewind. We do it thanks to Gates Australia. Don't compromise. Uh, choose Gates Premium Belts with complete system replacement with Gates Belts and Hoses. Visit gatesaustralia.com.au. We'll take a quick pause for the course because... There was some Formula One that was happened a couple of weeks back. We'll oh, touch on that yes, in was. just a moment right here on The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making a Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, a couple of weeks back, it was the 2021 Hungarian Grand Prix. It was a uh, an interesting turn of events. Is that what I did there? Turn of events. Turn of events. <laughs> hey, I'll hey. see myself out. Um, He's here all week, folks. There we go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, what a race. Have you ever seen a start to a race like that before, Stevie J? Never. I mean, we've seen we've seen cars go out onto the circuit, onto the grid with, say, dry tyres and have to quickly change to wets or intermediates or any of that sort of stuff. And then they start off and then they come in five laps later and change or something like that. But have you ever seen the whole field go out and then peel into pit lane except for one, one guy. <laughs> I mean, 
I've never seen anything like it. Well, Lewis Hamilton is a big advocate of we, we race as one, so he, <laughs> he at least was holding his up, up his end of the bargain. Very literally and I did there. Su- <laughs> exactly. I See did, what he did, yeah, that's right. I did, uh, and if you were following my socials or my Facebook, I did put up a photo of that, and the photo was only showing that actually I think the first or the second red light was on, Manny. That's how close it was to the yeah. race start. yeah. And my caption was, um, never, ever thought I would see the start of a Formula One race with only two cars on the grid, one of them being the safety Safety car, car. (laughs) 50% of the field are world champions. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, if you, if you, if you remember, of course, I think it was back to Daytona. Uh, was it Daytona, the Indy? Yeah, was it Daytona? Uh, yeah, Indian? uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis Road Course. Yep. I think they started with six. Yeah, that was uh, that was a tyre issue. issue or not, but we'd never, th- we've never started a world championship race. That was when they had the – One car. Yeah, that was when they had the tyre war. It was like Pirelli and it was Michelin. Mi- uh, Michelin, yes. Michelin, Pirelli. Yep, I saw it. And – sorry? No, no, you go on. Go on, Steve. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it was those two. And then yep. one of them, and I think it might have been Michelin, were having tyre issues big yeah, time, probably. like literally flying apart – through the fastest corner on the track and and very dangerous. So the Michelin runners said, no, this is too dangerous, we can't. And the Pirelli runners said, we're fine, we're going. That's right. But I, I just, this Hungarian Grand Prix, Nimsy, of course, it's the race before the summer break for all the Formula One drivers and teams. And you always want to make a big impression at that race because a lot of the talk during the summer break is about who's going to drive where and who's going to sign where and, you know, what you've done and all that kind of stuff. So really important to make a good impression at that race. And there was some, there was definitely some standout performances. I mean, Esteban Ocon, what a sensation. Yes, it's a hard circuit to pass. I get that, but never put a wheel wrong. He drove that car beautifully to come home for his. Better was right there, ready to take over him. Absolutely all over him. So did really well. The drama of the race, of course, Vettel at the end there, Ran out of fuel. He made the podium, P2 for Aston Martin. Ran out of fuel. Couldn't get a fuel sample enough in the car, so he got disqualified. Yeah, uh, I think so that's, that's still subjective too. I don't know if it's fully no, they, done yet. Yeah, it's thrown out. They, they tried to appeal it. It's yep. been thrown out. So just, it just it's done, mate. You, you've yeah, got to wow. have enough fuel to take a sample. So that was unbelievable. Um, I tell you what I did like. I loved Williams. Because in all of this strategy and all of the the, the hullabaloo at the start there, um, Latifi, who's been the nowhere man, let's be real, he's been getting towed up by his teammate, George Russell, for the last 18 months. He's in third position for 27 laps, 26 laps, 27 laps. Unbelievable. How good. No mistakes. They're on pace. Just did a sensational job. And if you think it right at the end of the race there, both he and George Russell got points for Williams. I mean, unbelievable. George Russell's been chasing – well, they've both been chasing that first point for Williams for for a long like – years and years, and for them to finally get it. And those points that they got, mate, it wasn't just one point. Like, it was – Serious. Six or seven or something. Six or seven points. Yeah. That next year would be worth millions. millions and millions of dollars for them. Euros. For their yeah. – uh, For their, I guess – what do you call it, man? It's, it's not team. a reward. It's It's a team's – the TV money, and the TV money, money and yep. stuff like that f- yep. through Formula One, yep. um, is where they'll get that massive benefit from. So yep. great, good on them. And and I've I do have to pay homage to uh, Fernando Alonso. Brilliant. We all know he's a tough nut. We all know he can drive. He's yep. won that. I mean, he's won, he's won a few world world titles. But for him to drive the way he did and hold Lewis Hamilton back, wheel to wheel, banging wheels, Lewis is off the Richter scale. Yep. 
getting cranky because he won't let him pass and he's faster and this and that and he's driving in the middle of the road. If Alonso didn't drive like that and hold Lewis up for those seven, eight, nine, ten laps, whatever it was, yep. Lewis would have won that race. Correct. That was a real team effort. And and he was genuinely pleased for Esteban in pit lane at the at the uh, podium ceremony. Waited for him to get the helmet off, big hugs, all that sort of stuff. So really enjoyed that. Of course, the, we, the, none of us like getting beaten by a teammate. Of course not. None of us like watching our teammate win races when you shouldn't win races. No, no. So can I tell was, you, was Alonso like that when the cameras weren't around? Well, oh, I don't knows. know. Can I tell you what, when there's no cameras around, what's going on in my house at the moment? George Russell. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, mate. The the three the, Mac Elden, the three Mac women have they're off uh, they're off Charles Leclerc. They are all over George Russell. So if, Mrs. Mac, yep, Charlie yep. was her little boy, her yep, favourite. Yep, gone. What dropped him? Gone like a like a rock. Dropped like a yep. sec, like a deck of spuds. Absolutely. Oh, he's dead it to is, me, bro. He's absolutely. It is all Mac George and Russell. Mrs. Mac just like changed like that. I tell you what, go onto George Russell's socials and have a look at him in Greece with his shirt off at the moment. It's a very easy. You'll see why she's uh, turned to yep. George. Is that why she's hanging with you? Yeah. Well, that, that's something. Of the I, abs. That's that's <laughs> something I won't be putting on the uh, driver's seat. So <laughs> there's, there's no six pack no. here, mate. It's a slab of beer. Let me give you the strong tip. Uh, well, that was <laughs> at some point in time. I think our, our F1 wrap up. But uh, we'll <laughs> yes, we'll take a quick break. Back with more of the driver's seat up next. This is the driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota, together we are shaping and building Australia. We are back with a vengeance here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota for over forty years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Something else that has been back, fellas, uh, since the last mm-hmm. time we were on the in the studio. That GM Gen 3 engine in the TA2 car for Triple Eight, it got another run at QR yesterday. Now, Craig Lowndes did the majority of the laps this time round. Last time it was was Jamie Winkup and SVG. Oh, mate, I was on the hot lap. You certainly were. (laughs) And (laughs) and a, a fair bit of testing going into this thing. And... Roland, RD, was very coy when he spoke to the media about it. That he was just like, oh, can you tell us about the engine? He's like, it goes around and does what we want it to do. That was literally yeah, what gee, That said. doesn't sound like RD, does it? <laughs> Jeez Louise. But you know what I find ironic about it? That the Gen 3 engine is being tested in a TA2 chassis, which if you listen to all the fans out there of supercars, arguably should actually be the next Gen 3 car. But supercars hate TA2. And Trans Am. Too much, too close to the bone, too scary, they're too good, they're too cheap, all that kind of stuff. And yet, but we'll use one to go and test a Chev engine in. Yeah. Good on you. It's crazy, is that? And, um, Mental. The funny thing is there's some fairly high stipulations on the engine rules coming out for Gen 3 that you're going to have. There's a maximum horsepower rule. There's a maximum torque rule. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that, you know, will go into later when we know more of the actual facts. I know they only want 600 horsepower tops. I'm not sure of the the, the figure of uh, the torque rating and through the rev range. Um, it's obviously fly-by-wire throttle, so they're going to be able to easily, um, you know, pull the purse strings a bit back on someone, pull the reins back a little bit if one's a bit too fast. I know for a fact that the Ford engine, the Coyote engine, um, has got um, it's got the maximum power that they're allowed with the maximum torque. They're allowed at a very minuscule 
full throttle opening, which is not wow. 100%. So yeah, right. they're going to be able to, it doesn't matter what, what sort, you know, they're going to, they're going to do with these engines, but um, you know, it's going to make it very, very interesting when, when they do come out to the, you know, into the public and, and show us exactly what they're going to be like. Looked good. Sounded good. Should be good. Yep. Fingers crossed it should be good. Uh, hmm. Do you reckon, so obviously Triple Eight are getting around the, because you can't test it in a supercar, you have to sort of, hence why they made the Sandman. Well, hmm. DJR's been very, very quiet when it comes to uh, what they're doing with the Coyote engine. Do you reckon that's, uh, that we'll be seeing maybe a couple of, I don't know, test shots or stuff like that of them giving an engine a run sometime um, soon? Well, I think because DJR or MozTech race engines actually, who do the DJR engines, uh, They've had a Coyote engine for a lot longer uh, than the the Holden teams have had the Chev for. So yeah. um, they, they've they built them before. They've run them before in other categories and cars. Well-known. Uh, well-known Mark engine. cars, you yeah. know. Well-known engine. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll see a DJR Gen 3 car possibly on track before the end of the year. Okay. So if that's the case, um, it'll be all under supercars supervision and Adrian Burgess and the technical team there. But why wouldn't you do all of your testing in a proper car um, if you if you you know possibly could? So I think I think that's what their plan is going to be. I, honestly, I can sit here and tell you, Maddie, straight up that I haven't been into DJR for many many weeks. I don't and I don't know. Um, I haven't heard anything from them, but that's what I'm sort of inkling at, and and I think that's what's possibly going to happen with them. They're obviously sharing with with the other Ford teams in Tickford and so forth as well. I could just see uh, the keyboards typing at Fast Deli right now. Johnson confirms Gen 3 <laughs> testing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you wait. It'll be just the... my opinion. Just my opinion. Yeah, Got to get that out there because you know that someone's typing away and that's going to be on the Twitter yeah. feed. You're going to be getting texts. But anyway, uh, yeah. we'll take a quick break. We're back with more of the driver's seat in just a moment. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. Still a bit of time left in the program. Thanks for joining us. It's always great to have your company. And remember, you can rev up your smartphone with The Driver's Seat app. It's available in the App Store. And as always, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Driver's Seat Show. Uh, the all-new app's got podcasts, interviews, news, and videos. It is a must for all motorsport fans. Some good news uh, came out in the past, uh, well, past 12 hours. Tommy Randall back on the grid again at Phillip Island. Him and Kurt Gostecki will make their third and final wildcard appearances of the 2021 season. Obviously, they were meant to go to Perth, but uh, mm. that ain't happening yeah. anytime soon. So it'll be nice yep. to see them back on track. Oh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's great, and I think it gives their teams who they've partnered with from a, an endurance point of view a good opportunity to get their guys blooded in and get some more race time with the, with the big boys. So, um, and you know, Tommy's getting ready for next year. We know he's coming into a full-time drive. Some rumors around also that Kurt might be getting a bit of a, a kick in, uh, in with Matt Stone racing next year. So we'll have to wait and see about that. But yeah, no, I think it's a good thing. And, um, anytime we get more cars on the grid, Stevie J than our normal 24 or whatever it is, I yep. think it's a good thing. Oh, hundred percent. And we've seen that in the past and Tommy did, you know, both of them actually went well up and down, but Tommy did a ripper job. So, did. Uh, you know, he's going to be an awesome addition to the to the actual series next year, uh, full time. And you know, I'm just really keen to see some more new blood in supercars and uh, and get some of these guys that really deserve their chance. This is actually one of the things that I think I'm relatively qualified to talk about because the last time Tommy Randall was in a supercar at Phillip Island, he was taking me on a hot lap. 
There you go. And he that's was. Right. I think, and I don't think I'll ever forget the vision of you. Yes. <laughs> All smiles until you go down into Honda hairpin. <laughs> And the big break, and then the, gee, the smile got wiped off real quick. Real quick. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> we were touching cloth there. Happened cloth. That's very. But uh, the best part about that was, I love if you watch that footage. We'll pop it up on our Facebook page. Tommy even shared it on uh, his page too. But just the thumbs up from Tommy, like you're good. I'm like, yep, I'm yep. fine. Very funny. <laughs> That's very, so very funny. But uh, very, very cool and can't wait to see uh, t- what Tommy does full-time on the grid. And uh, same too with Kirk Kostecki as well. Uh, another quick one too that popped up in the past 24 hours or so. Red Bull is mm-hmm. going to continue with Triple Eight. They have committed a further two years as co-naming rights partner of Triple Eight Race Engineering. Now between 2013 and 2021, have a look at this runner form. They've got four drivers' championships, five teams' championships, 113 race wins. That includes Bathurst 2015 and Bathurst 2020. So not a bad partnership there. Not bad. Not bad. Yep. And uh, since 2013. So um, they've done a great job and we need them in the championship. I think they, they give good con- uh, good contrast to, to Monster Energy. They're a global brand. I think they bring a lot of credibility to our to our series. Um, and they're with the, the, you know, the best team, arguably, up and down pit lane. And and uh, I think even even if you look at their what they've achieved here in Australia, if you put them up against some of the global entities that Red Bull sponsor, Triple Eight stacks right up there as one of the most successful. So they deserve Triple Eight deserve a re-signing mm. from Red Bull, and I'm glad they're here because they say they're great for our championship, especially in these times too. Agreed. You know, it's, I don't care who you are, um, apart from maybe Bunnings. Uh, you would have struggled, <laughs> honestly. You would have struggled in this time. Like, true. Like, I mean, um, you know, there would have been a time where a lot of these massive, massive global companies, initially, especially in 2020, would have been going, "Oh my God, what's going on here?" As we all did, you know. Well, just, just look on a at Milwaukee level. Tools, hundred percent with um, with, yep. uh, with Will, and they're yep. global, you know. And bang, they've uh, they really struggled. So. Um, for them to be able to come on, re-sign for another couple of years, that's a big deal. Yep. You know, so Agreed. kudos to them. On the topic of uh, just things that are coming up in the in the calendar year, now you touched on this uh, briefly beforehand, Stevie, but uh, a question without notice here. Challenge Bathurst has mm-hmm. lodged a little complaint uh, saying that essentially they've got a, a two-week grace period between Challenge Bathurst, which means... By contract, uh, the Bathurst 1000 can't go ahead of the regular plan. Now, we've got about two minutes left in the show, guys. Quick thoughts. It's, oh, it's boy. Hard. Two minutes? Yeah. Uh, don't, Maybe he's only got soapbox. Don't wind me up because I, I just – it's once again bloody-minded politics and, and it's crap. And the person Why now, couldn't you have a no, race well, the you, weekend before course cha- you can. Challenge Bathurst? Of course I'm, you can. Like we're going, I'm going to Challenge Bathurst with Jet to take him for his first ever drive around Bathurst. Yeah. Um, why couldn't you? Of course you like can. you don't There's need no reason you five days of setup for two practice no. days. I, I was offline with Peter Adderton the other day just having a chat about this. And, and um, if you knew the person who manages Challenge Bathurst, this will be absolutely no surprise. Peter um, Adderton actually providing a lot of like, hey, look, Look, I understand you've got a contract and all that. Well, here's what I'm willing to do to help out. And literally, like we, we talk and go back and listen to uh, the interview that we did with him. This is a bloke that puts his money where his mouth is. But there's yeah. frustration you could see from people. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, 
we're, we're, in, we're in a hard, tough situation. This is where everybody needs to work together to be able to get our sport to move forward. Um, the, the, there is a contractual issue between the council and Challenge Bathurst and the date applied for by supercars. Can we not just have some sanity? Why do we have to let legal and contractual rules and, and, um, and, and stuff like that rule and overrule what we all need to do, which is band together and actually get our sport moving for the sake of our fans and our corporate partners? I mean, it's just, once again, I know I get on the soapbox, but it's crap. I just hate the politics of this bloody sport sometimes. Um, you know, challenge Bathurst, you'll get your competitors. Don't worry about it. Bathurst, can we just have the Bathurst 1000, please? Uh, Bathurst International, can we get that done too? Because we haven't had any racing for the last couple of months. Yeah. You'll get your competitors. Just get your head out of your backsides and get the thing moving. Thank you. There you go. Written, spoken, and authorised by Matt McKeldin for the driver's seat program. <laughs> God, nothing is working today. Oh, <laughs> God almighty. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that puts Correct. a nice little bow on this week's edition of the driver's hey, seat. Nimsy, before you go, mate, I've got to say um, a, a bit of a shout-out to a friend of ours in New Zealand who's been listening, Michael Burson. Good on you, Michael. Thanks for the feedback. Hope you enjoy the show, and uh, hopefully we'll be... Uh, We'll be talking to you again at some other stage. Indeedy. But uh, this has been The Driver's Seat. We'll see you next week. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.